At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. And if you're watching, you can clearly tell I am currently not live out of the Bet Rivers sports book or Chicago land area. Just as myself, you've been affected by the storm. So we're doing it remote tonight. Thank you for sticking along with us. Hopefully, you're staying nice and warm and didn't have too many troubles today during that weather. But Hopefully we can entertain you and get you some solid bets throughout the course of the show. For the next hour, we will be kicking things off with the Chicago Sports Update. We got a game at the United Center. Hockey-wise, Blackhawks taking on the Minnesota Wild. The Wild have had the Blackhawks number. They just played back-to-back games last weekend. Chicago couldn't get the job done. Can they do it tonight? We'll discuss that. Along with my best bet for an NBA game this evening, one of the top matchups, the Blazers and the Lakers late slate tonight. Tonight, further along in the show, 15 minutes from now, Dave Ross, fellow VEASAN host, will be hopping on not only to give some of his top plays early on for the Super Bowl, but he's also got some UFC action for this Saturday night, a solid card to look forward to with Dave. So in 15 minutes, he'll share his thoughts on that with us. Half hour from now, you know him, you love him, you see him handicap every single college basketball game, and that is Greg Hoops Peterson, and he will give us some of his top plays of the evening. We got a big one in the Big Ten tonight, so excited to hear about that from Greg, along with many others. And then at the end of the show, like we've been doing thus far, and We'll continue to do as we progress throughout this week into the next look at some of these intricate, unique type of prop bets because there are an abundant of them available at Bet Rivers. So tonight at the end of the show, we'll be looking at some of the kicking props. And I did add a play regarding the kicking prop and we've got some MVP futures that I am pulling the trigger on. So that will be discussed toward the end of the show. But let's get things kicked off, like we said, with a preview of that Chicago sports action in our neck of the woods. We've got the Blackhawks hosting the Minnesota Wild. And look, the Blackhawks, you would think, could maybe be due for a dub here and there. It's really not the case. I mean, this team is just flat out awful. It doesn't matter who they play. If it's the Canucks, if it's the Red Wings, well, they did beat the Red Wings. Okay, that's one exception. But my point is, if it's somewhat of a decent team with good competition, chances are the Blackhawks are going to fall victim. Opening line had Minnesota about minus 150. You've seen them get a little bit over a buck 60, not too much over that. Right now at Bet Rivers, it's minus 159. So there's been minimal movement. 
but enough to maybe consider Minnesota. And you don't even have to see the movement really to still consider Minnesota, considering again, this Blackhawks team has struggled so much. Some more significant movement came around the total open six. Now it's up to six and a half juice a little bit on the under minus 112. The Wild come into this game pretty good. I mean, they're, they've won their last eight out of nine games, and, well, it's been the opposite for the Blackhawks, dropping their last six out of seven games. Two teams on opposite paths as of this moment. So, again, the Wild did just beat the Blackhawks twice last weekend. They played, had a night off, played again in the first matchup. The Wild won 5-4 to four in the second. The Blackhawks blew a lead, and they lost that one four to three in overtime. You look at this wild team. They're really an offensive threat, averaging almost four goals per game. As of this point, 3.8 to be exact defensively Chicago, they're allowing their opponents to score 3.3 goals per game. And Mark Andre Fleury continuing to take the net for the Blackhawks, who really has not been living up to his name, but you can't really blame it on Mark Andre Fleury. The surrounding teammates haven't been aiding him too much at home. He is six, eight and two this season with a goals against average of 3.02 and one shutout at home, save percentage of just over 90% was playing in one of those games against Minnesota, but he got taken out early, only played a little bit over 31 minutes, but he, in that span, he allowed four goals, 13 saves, but on nine, nine of those shots, I mean, they win it. So on the 13 shots, nine of them, he saved, excuse me, is what I meant to say. So look, Minnesota had his number in that game. They've had the Blackhawks number regardless. And this is a really hot offensive team. Nick Alberga was just on my guys in the desert with stormy and the way he was handicapping it, the same way I would approach it. Look to bet Minnesota. Really, the only way you could play, you definitely can't trust Chicago. And if you don't want to lay north of about 160 or so, maybe look for a win in regulation. But I'm with Nick. I think your best bet would be to lay the price with Minnesota. Now, if you did want to have some curiosity in a different realm for this game with a prop, I want to get involved in that a little bit more. So, so I was curious about some of them and the shots on goal category is what caught my attention with Mr. Patrick Kane. So no Jonathan Taves, it seems once again, sidelined with that concussion in Kane's shot on goals. Prop is set at three in the hook at bat rivers over minus one Oh six under has the juice at minus one thirty four. Now Kane is pretty much averaging four shots on goal per game. He's gone over three in the hook in 22 out of 41 games this season. The Wild as a team collectively are getting shot on 33 times per game. That's the ninth most in the NHL. In those past two games they just played, Kane had six and four shots on goal respectively. So with Taves out of the mix, you've seen him get a decent amount of looks on net prior. Does that mean he's going to get more opportunities, take more shots? Because without Jonathan Taves in the past two games, he's had a total of 13 shots on goal in that span. So maybe consider if you want a different opportunity to bet this game and you don't trust the Blackhawks, but you don't want to fade them or something else, consider Patrick Kane over three and a half shots on goal. So that's taking a look at some of the NHL action and the Chicago sports action this evening in our neck of the woods. But let's take it out to the West Coast. Let's go with a game that I do have a bet on and a couple of leans in terms of props. And that's going to take us out with Los Angeles and Portland, the Trailblazers on the road against the Lakers. And in this game, Opened at three in the hook in favor of Los Angeles. Still no LeBron James in this game, but Anthony Davis going to be in the mix. He's still got Russell Westbrook. As for Portland, well, as we know, you are still missing Damian Lillard. And this Portland team has just been disastrous this season. And I'm not hyping up Los Angeles saying they've been much better, but the Blazers 
have lost their last four out of five games. And so have the Lakers, but the Lakers at least have been against respectable competition. Los Angeles lost at Atlanta recently at Charlotte, at Philadelphia, at Miami, and they won at Brooklyn in the past five game span. Granted, LeBron and AD were playing against Brooklyn. Portland, their last four losses came on the road against OKC, not a good team. Uh, they came on the road against Chicago. That's a respectable loss, you know, trying to be biased here. Uh, versus Dallas and then versus Minnesota, they won at Houston. So their one win they got was against the lowly Rockets. And these teams have matched up twice this season. Blazers won 105 to 90 on November 6th at home. LeBron didn't play in that first game, and Anthony Davis only logged seven minutes. Next matchup, Lakers got the job done 139 to 106. That was on December 31st at home. So in terms of rest, also Los Angeles has had a couple nights off in between Portland's had one night off. If you want to take that into account in any sort of extent, but even more so going into these stats, look, Lakers, they're not going to blow you away offensively, but what's more concerning is how bad and lackluster this Portland defense is, right? I mean, they rank 28th in defensive point per possession at 115. And then in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage, folks, they're dead last. They rank 30th, 55.5%. Also, Lakers offensively, where they do succeed is in their transition play. They do that fairly well. The Blazers on the other side defensively, no bueno in that category. So I actually do like the Lakers in this game. And Danielle Alvari, a host of the Los Angeles City Cats, probably screaming, no, don't take it. Wait for the in-game bet. And she might be right. I'm sure you could get a better price. So if you don't want to lay the spread or lay the steeper price on this Lakers team, I don't hate the idea of waiting for the in-game opportunity. But I played them about minus 155 earlier in the day. Now it's up to minus 165. I'm not going to lay the four for this spot. We got beat, you know, last night we went two and one with our NBA picks. We lost a tough one with the heat plus three. They lose by four. I know that's catching it as a dog and that's different than laying about three or four, but you know how I roll, right? I mean, if it's a relatively short enough spread because of how wonky and how volatile the sport of the NBA is with all the crap and nonsense that happens in those final minutes, seconds, whatever you want to call it, I'm okay laying a little bit more. I'm sure it's not going to be pretty, but the Blazers are a banged up team. They're just so bad defensively, and the Lakers need to get on the right path, and I think they can do that tonight against Portland. So the play I did, Los Angeles on the money line, minus 155. Now, offering another opportunity in this game that I thought could be a decent look, considering LeBron James is out, Anthony Davis is a guy that has to be relied upon, right? And you can look at his points prop for this game, set at 25 and a hook, minus 113 each way. Davis averaging 23 points per game this season, although he's only gone over 25 and a half points in 12 out of 30 games. And you have to also consider since LeBron's out, how much workload is he taking on and actually contributing? Well, in the two games, the last two games that LeBron has been absent, he dropped 31 and 27 points. And it's a favorable matchup for him tonight against Portland because Anthony Davis and his majority of shot selection comes at the rim and from mid range. Well, coincidentally enough, Portland, where they very much so slack defensively, is at the rim where opponents are making 67% of their shots. That's 25th worst in the association. And then from mid-range, their opponents are making over 43% of their shots. That's 26th worst in the NBA. It's a high number, but something to ponder. But what I would actually maybe be interested in a little bit more so is for Anthony Davis to record a double-double. 
Now, you don't have to have him go over 25 and a half points, of course, to get the double-double. He could get 10 points, and you just need the 10 rebounds realistically. His rebounds prop is set at 9.5, and, and I think there's a good chance he can get it just because he's a rebounding machine regardless, averaging about 9.5 per game. Uh, Blazers only snag at about 43.4 rebounds per contest, which is 25th in the NBA, not too great. And they're allowing opponents to get over 52 rebounds per contest. So. I think Anthony Davis for a double double at the price of minus 105, you know, cheaper than him getting over 25 and a half. And you only need him to get into double digit scoring. The big thing is relying on him to get the rebound. So if you think he could do that, I think it's a decent look. But overall, my official play going with the Lakers on the money line, minus 155, hosting the Portland Trail Blazers. But coming up next, we'll get more bets in the NFL. And how about in the Octagon? Dave Ross joining us right here on Rush Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams? Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got the city cast available in Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get them available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for being with us on this hump day or hump evening, I guess you could call it, whatever it is. But here to help us get through it and through the snowstorm that we are enduring here in the Windy City. Uh, fellow Chicagoan himself, he spent many years here dealing with this type of weather, but now he's soaking up the sun out in Las Vegas. That's Dave Ross, ladies and gentlemen, at D Ross you can catch him on Twitter, fellow VEASAN host. All right, Dave, before we get into the thick of it with all these sports, I mean, how how happy are you seeing what's happening here in the Windy City and being able to go oh, golf man. if you want to right now? Well, Danny, first of all, I was just going to say it's cold here in Vegas today. I got my hoodie on. It's about 50 degrees, and it's just I know <laughs> it's got to be rough. Uh, trying to deal with this on a day in day out. Look, I get out, I look at the mountains every day, and I go, man, Chicago for eight years. I love Chicago, great city. Please don't pull my card. 
But when I saw the shots of the city today, Danny, I understand why you're doing the show from home. I mean, I don't miss that, man. I'm just getting too old. My bones are getting too brittle. So I got to soak up this Vegas heat as long as I can. I don't know that I can go back. Hey, rightfully so, my man. Enjoy. You got to come back in the summer. That's the best time to do it. Everybody can yes. agree on that. During the winter, you know, you got free reign. You could go wherever. <laughs> but uh, Dave, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this Super Bowl matchup, my man. Let's talk Rams and Bengals. This line opened three and a half. Now it's as high as four and a half. Seems to be the consensus. Money line, you're about minus 195 if you want to lay it with LA, plus 168 for Burrow on the buyback. Total's been steady after the, uh, the initial movement down to 48 in the hook. That's where it's remained. Have you gotten involved in anything, whether it's the spread, money line, or total? We'll get to the props and other stuff in just a second, but anything with those three major bets? Well, I'll tell you this, and this is just not to plug uh, Point Spread Weekly here at VEASAN, but you, you better get it and you better read it because we had Steve Mackinon on today on the Lombardi line, and Steve always puts out incredible information. And, Danny, what I really glean from it is that normally when you look at Super Bowl spreads of teams that are seven-point favorites or less, in this case that would be the Cincinnati Bengals getting the four-and-a-half, normally the points don't help you. What we're finding out is it's either a money line win or they get blown out. So that's what the numbers have really and the trends have been here in the last uh, decade or so in the Super Bowl. So if you're thinking the way the Bengals have been playing these close games and certainly, you know, Evan McPherson, a guy that I like in a prop scenario, we'll talk about later, Danny. But that I, I look at it and I go, man, I'm starting to talk myself into the fact that the Bengals can actually win this game. I have not played it yet, America, so I'll never tell you something that I haven't actually played myself. But when I looked at Steve's numbers that he has in point spread weekly and saw how close these two teams mirror each other statistically, right? Because you look at the Rams and you go star power, right? And you can make a case that they got three of the best players at individual positions and Cooper Cup at wide receiver, Jalen Ramsey at corner and Aaron Donald at defensive tackle. And I think that those are all fair uh, points to make. Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., probably going to go to the Hall of Fame one day, right? So you got five absolute studs but the cumulative of the Bengals and while they might not be sexy in their names real they kind of fill in those gaps pretty well from an analytical perspective where there really isn't a big statistical advantage for the Rams in this game so when I look at the four and a half and after hearing those trends that really inside of a touchdown it doesn't help you that much I'm talking myself into Bengals money line here as we get closer and closer to Super Sunday. I do want to see if C.J. Uzama can go at the tight end position. I do think he makes a big difference to that offense. And again, it's easier to kind of make up for it when you lose him in the course of a game like they did in the AFC title game. Sometimes when he's not there, a guy like that of his caliber, if, if he's not there, shows up the next week. So we're hearing promising reports he might be able to give it a go. That does kind of factor into it a little bit because he's a, a big part of what they do offensively that nobody talks about. So if they can still try to run the ball with Joe Mixon, Try to play a balanced attack. And I know people get frustrated the way they run the ball in first down and second and nine. They seem to overcome that. They've got to try to run the ball a little bit and then get the ball to those bevy of receivers that are very talented for Joe Burrow. If the offensive line can hold up, only one sack they gave up after nine against Tennessee. Danny, I'm starting to talk myself into Bengals money line. But again, I got nine days to change my mind. I have not played anything yet. 
That's right. And hey, you might get a better number the closer we get till game day. So I'm kind of in the same boat with yes. you. You're going to be a little bit hesitant, see where this line kind of filters out to, and then probably make a decision on the outright winner. Because I'm also with you in that regard, too. I mean, I think you're better off just going with picking at money line one way or the other. I'm not going to tell you not to if you want to take the points, but if you're going with the Rams and you get it under four, I think you're better off just going with the money line, perhaps. At least that's my philosophy from time to time. Uh, Dave, aside one from that, we know all quickly, these profits. Uh, Oh yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say on the side too, right? Excuse me. So we talk about the side that maybe it's not as advantageous to take the points or give them because you might want to give them if you're a Rams backer because normally again the numbers lead that they get a blowout, but maybe the Bengals it's more advantageous right. to take the money line on the total at 48 and a half. You mentioned how it's holding strong right here, Danny. What I would advise people to do, and this is something I'm probably gonna get mixed up in here in the next couple of days before we get to the weekend. If you're a believer in the over. I would suggest you take it now, Danny. That number is going to go up. There's no way at kickoff a week from, from Sunday. I don't think it's going to be short of 50. I think it's going to be back up over 50, 50 and a half. We know traditionally when the late money comes in, the the betting public loves to play the overs. I think this number is going to go up. So I think if you're a backer of the under, you might want to wait. If you're a backer of the over, you might want to get that sooner than later. Completely agree. Okay, Dave. Well, like I was getting into, I mean, you said you had a kicking prop you're looking forward to, or maybe some other areas that you've already been invested in. Tell us about some of those, and then uh, we'll look forward to hearing your UFC analysis as well. Okay. Nobody likes kickers. I get it, Danny. I think the kicker has had a resurgence in this postseason and at the end of the regular season, <laughs> just to show you how powerful they can be and what they actually might mean to a football team. Look, Evan McPherson right now is the cat's meow in, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Bengal city here. I mean, this kid right now, outside of Joe Burrow, he might be their most, he and Jamar Chase, they might be the two most important weapons. And then this might be the third biggest weapon they have offensively. Cause they trust this kid. You saw it the way they game planned at the end of regulation uh, against the chiefs, like just get it in, inside of 50 or 52. And this kid is money. 100 to 1 to win the MVP. Now, I know they're going to give it to Joe Burrow if they win, but let's just say this is a field goal game. Let's say this kid doesn't miss and it's a 15 13 game, 18 16, something like that, and he rolls out there and bombs another 50 yarder to win it. This rookie out of Florida at 100 to 1, maybe some pizza money, as my buddy Wes Reynolds would say, that you throw on it. But I got to tell you, he's good as gold, man. This kid is really, really confident right now. So I think they're going to kick a lot of field goals and not take chances in the red zone here if they get down there in a close game. So the props for Evan McPherson, I really look at that there and play a lot of those overs and maybe a really long shot to be MVP if the Bengals can pull this off. Dave, that is music to my ears. Not only did I have jokingly have seriously say the same thing on Monday, but we're having our final segment all about these kicking props and I got to play in it. So we'll be pumped to look forward to that uh, at the end of this show. Really quick. We got about a minute. I know you have a great show with mm -hmm. first strike. You love Benton UFC. Tell us about the main event for fight night this Saturday really quick and how better should look to approach it. Some middleweight Strickland against Hermanson, and it's very interesting. Uh, again, podcasters, take a listen to it. First strike, first look. It's up there right now. Did it with Jordan Sherwood out of Chicago yesterday. And here's the thing. Strickland was minus 250 a day ago. 
It's down to minus 210. A lot of money coming in on the Joker right here. If you don't want to lay the big the big price tag here with Strickland at minus 210, maybe look via decision to get some plus money. Probably can't knock out the Joker. It's going to be a five-round bout as the main event. If you like Strickland, maybe extending this fight into the deeper waters and winning a decision to get the plus money instead of laying that minus 210. But right now, Hermanson taking a lot of money here in Vegas. All right. We'll be excited to see that fight. We'll be excited to get more of your thoughts on that and the Super Bowl leading up until a couple weeks. But until then, Dave, thank you as always. Stay warm and enjoy the weather out there for us. Why don't you? Will do, Danny. Bear down, my friend. You guys got a, a good nor'easter coming in there. Hey, no kidding. No kidding. Dave Ross, folks, at D-Ross Sports, where you can follow him on Twitter, fellow VEASAN host on the weekends and throughout the week, Lombardi Line, Green Zone, betting across America. And like he said, first strike, the episode for this fight night out now, him and Jordan Sherwood, Chicago native himself, giving you their top plays, insights, and analysis for this Saturday night's bout. So check that out, VSIN.com or iHeartRadio. Coming up next, we're going to the hardwood. We are talking some hoops with the college basketball guru himself that is Greg Hoops Peterson plays every single game we'll make the list a little bit shorter but he'll give us some of his top plays next right here on Rush Hour Never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VEASAN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs as we have been. And then, of course, for this championship weekend coming up, not this, but the next, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com, which will be leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after all the action on VSIN. And along with that, like you see, you get our big game betting guide now out at VEASAN.com. Filled with so much good content. Not only can you get that at VEASAN.com, but you get pretty much every sport, including college basketball. And we got the college basketball guru himself, VEASAN's college hoops betting expert, Greg Peterson, hopping on rush hour at GUnit underscore 81, where you could catch him on the tweets, puts out fantastic information, his lines for the spread and the total for every single game. And we're not going to go over all of them, of course, but we'll separate some of the bigger ones as he joins us now. So Greg, as always, thank you for making some time. I know you got plenty of games to sweat out in a game that we'll be looking forward to here in our neck of the woods in the Chicagoland area to sweat out is going to be that Wisconsin and Illinois game. Now, if you also subscribe to Vs and you watch a show, you go on the best bets log page. It seems like taking the points with the Badgers has been a popular play. And I was telling you off air, Greg, I wanted to get involved, but I also don't want to be the final, you know, addition to the mix that jinxes it with everybody on it. But tell us why you think Wisconsin is the appropriate play here. Yep, I wound up setting this line at five and a half personally. Most places I am seeing, are, you're seeing a seven, couple straight six and a half out there. But I do think that there is good value with Wisconsin just because Donnie Davis is going to be the best backcourt player out there on the floor. And if I had to vote for player of the year right now, it would be Johnny Davis. He's been able to do an amazing job for this team. They will put up 22 and a half points. Guy that's able to give you seven and a half boards. He generates a seal and a half per game. And that's part of it as well. 
Wisconsin does such a good job of being able to control the ball. They only turn the ball over right around 10 times per game. They're solid at the free throw line. Now, Trent Frazier has been able to do a terrific job when it comes to this Illinois team as well. He's been able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. He, along with Jacob Granderson, you're able to throw in there just all the guys out there in the backcourt that have been able to step up in Andre Cabello's absence. They have a terrific hey, Kofi Coburn. He's Kofi Coburn. He's been able to give you 22 points, 11 boards, block per game. He has been dominant, but having back Tyler Wall and having Tyler Wall fire all cylinders has been good for the Badgers as well. And then the forgotten about guard, which I feel like is just insane because he's been at Wisconsin for nearly 50 years. That'd be Brad Davidson. He's been able to give the team 13 plus points in far the last five games. So I do think that this is going to be a solid effort here from Wisconsin. They've looked better on defense in their last few games as well. So I'm willing to take seven points here with Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. Hard not to look that way. Wisconsin maybe could limit some of the top forces of the fighting Illini sufficiently enough to keep it within seven. We'll be rooting for that one alongside with it, Greg. Let's talk about another matchup next involving NC state and Syracuse Cuse on the road, catching just a slight number here. Plus one in a, uh, in the hook and this total, a high one, one fifty one and a half. and a half The juice slightly ever so slightly on the under minus one ten. the overs minus one Oh nine. What stood out to you to this matchup? that made it worth a bet. I think that NC State should be able to win this game by three points. I think that on a neutral court, these teams are relatively equal. And you take a look at what you've been able to get out of NC State since the Manny Bates injury. It certainly has been rough, but even with Manny Bates out, NC State has been deeper than Syracuse, a team that you've got their starting five. All their starting five give you 12 plus points per game. Don't have anyone outside their starting five that gives you more than two and a half points per contest. If they have to go to the bench, Syracuse is just pretty much done for in this game. Meanwhile, for NC State, you have been able to have Deron Sebron be one of the most underrated players in all of college basketball. He gives you 18 points, nine boards, three assists. He generates a few seals. And then behind him, Jericho Helms, Casey Morcel, both shoot over 40% from three-point range. Traquavia Smith has been able to step up, averaging right around 14 points per game, has been able to be a nice little robin to what you've been able to get out of Jerron Sebron. So I do think that NC State has all the goods now with Syracuse. You've obviously got Jimmy and Buddy Beheim. These two guys, they could buy for about 33 points per game. They're both solid three-point shooters. Cole Swider able to shoot it from distance. But once again, with Syracuse, that 2-3 zone allows itself to be exposed to three-point shooting. And NC State has been one of the best three-point shooting teams in conference. Out of conference, they were very rough with regards to their three-point shooting, but it's been rounding into form recently. I think that that form is going to continue here. Also, wound up saying my total more around a 153.5. So even though the total is high at 151.5, got to figure that it's going to be a tight game. You get some late game following in Syracuse. They've been shooting the three well, and boy, have they they've been giving up the three as well. So looking at the overall with NC State. All right, hoops moving on. Marquette Villanova seems like a little bit of late steam going toward the Wildcats here up to four and the hook is the road favorite. This total a shorter one compared to the last game. Only seen it at 132 in the hook. What stood out to you for this matchup? It's a revenge spot for Villanova. It's a double-digit favorite. Wound up losing to Marquette about two or so weeks ago. And I do think that Villanova has the more experienced guard play in this game, which will allow them to win out. Colin Gillespie, even though he hasn't necessarily done the world's greatest job in some crunch time situations, has still shown himself to be one of the best point guards in all of college basketball. Caleb Daniels is a guy that's able to give you double figures. Shoots it very well from three-point range. And Villanova does a very good job of being able to take care of the ball. 
They turn the ball over fewer than 10 times per game, one of the best marks in the country. And you've been able to have Eric Dixon now be able to combine with Jermaine Samuels for right around six to six and a half rebounds per game apiece. When it comes to Marquette, they have been terrific in Big E's play. No question about it. Overall, shooting about 39, 40% from three-point range in conference. But this is still a team that they rank in the bottom 100 with regards to rebound rate. They can be had on the glass. And Villanova, they've been doing a little bit of a better job in that respect. You've got to figure that Jay Wright going to have his guys up for a wrench spot. I am bullish on Marquette overall, but I think that this is a rough spot with a Villanova team that you know that they're going to be looking to avenge at loss from a few weeks ago. I think it's going to be higher scoring than the first game that we wound up having because, quite frankly, it's hard to get a lower scoring game than 57 to 54. I want to make my total 136 because I do think that it's going to be sort of like a five, six point game with a minute left. And that's where Villanova excels because they do shoot nearly 80% at the free throw line as well. So won't lay up to five and a half here with Villanova. So even though we've seen a tick up to more around four and a half of the last spots, want to lay it and take a look at the over. Oh, okay. I like that. Especially with that revenge factor. That's oh so crucial in a sport like college basketball. Uh, Greg, moving on another spread that we see in the same area Four is what we're seeing with Dayton and VCU VCU, the home favorite laying four. but your interest a little bit stronger with this total. Is that right? Because, you know, we talk about going over and this one is incredibly low at 121. but despite the low total, do you think we could see enough points in this game to get it over that mark? I absolutely do, because for VCU, the ace in the hole for the team, well, his name is Ace Baldwell. Ever since he wanted coming back into the fold, 11 games, they have played seven of their games to the over. He has been absolutely instrumental to the success of VCU, a guy that's able to give you also three and a half seals per game. He's been able to do a good job of turning defense into offense for VCU. I think that this is going to be a game in which probably going to be like a five, six point game with a minute left. Once again, you wind up getting late game fouling. You wind up getting like eight, 10 points in the final minute when you've got a total this low. That's all it takes to be able to get it over. I did wind up also making VCU a four and a half point favorite. I'm seeing a lot of fours out there willing to lay it with VCU as well. But I think that Ace Baldwin is an X factor for this team. Got an eight and bunch that they themselves have a couple good guys out there in the backcourt. Malachi Smith has been able to give you four assists. He does a good job of being able to give you right around 10 points per game. Both of these teams are relatively solid defensive teams, but Ace Baldwin has led to VCU being able to have more success on the offensive end. I feel like bookmakers have yet to catch up with VCU total, so I'm taking a look at the overset. My total more around a 125, 125 and a half. Okay, Greg, final game we'll dive into one minute remaining in this segment. Want to get your thoughts on Illinois State and Loyola here. And I know that Stormy had some action in this one, taking the points with Illinois State. Are you riding the same side of the bet for this game? Me and Stormy are on the same side. I like the Redbirds here. I think that they've been a little bit undervalued, a team that has really been able to bump up the tempo as well. They're in the top 40 in terms of possessions per game. Antonio Reeves has been one of the more underrated scorers in the country, nearly 21 points per game, shooting 40% from three-point range. And we've seen Illinois State have some good results. They're a team that they came back from down 20 against Bradley a few weeks ago. They wanted going on the road against Wisconsin, played them to single digits. And with Loyola, I just haven't been impressed by this team. They're not necessarily great on the glass. This is an Illinois State team that Cy Chapman might wind up actually being the best low post player in this game. I want up saying this spread more around a 12 and a half. 
I'm a little bit more bearish on Loyola Chicago. They seem to have struggled ever since getting that win against San Francisco. So won't take the points. Saw this total right around a 141-ish. I set mine at a 144.5, so looking at an over as well. Greg, you are the man and you're the best in the biz. Thank you, as always, for taking some time and providing that insight. Danny, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. At GUnit underscore 81. I'm telling you, the guy handicaps every single basketball game for college hoops. Check it out. He posts it, pins it at the top of his Twitter. You can catch more of his content also at VSIN.com. Coming up next, we're doing some kicking props for Super Bowl 56. Stay with us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, it is our final segment on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for joining us. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fiber. You can catch me on Twitter. It is our final segment, and we've already gone over some of our bets. We've talked to our guests about some of their bets, and now I wanted to add a couple more, maybe a few more, I suppose, in terms of the big game at a couple of weekends, because like we've been doing and will continue to do, spend a segment going over different props leading in to Super Bowl 56. So tonight's segment, Dave Ross kind of teased it a little bit, but I like where his head's at. We are talking about these kicking props. So uh, let's jump into it with some of those offered at Bet Rivers. I guess you could call it our prop shelf edition of these kicking props. But uh, let's start with the Ram side of things. Matt Gay and his kicking points. Now, Matt Gay, he's a little bit shaky from time to time, but overall he's been putting up numbers and his prop for this game is set at seven and a half over minus a buck 30 under his even money at bed rivers. So overall, Matt Gay's averaging 7.2 kicking points per contest, and he's gone over seven and a half and 17 out of 20 games. Incredible. But look, it really got to factor into the upcoming matchup and what he's done in this postseason. And in this postseason, he has still gone over this in all three postseason games. And when you look at the red zone efficiency offensively for the Rams, so how often while in the red zone are they scoring a touchdown? The number is 57.7%, but it gets worse more recently in the postseason, hence why he's been cruising over it even more so 46.7% of the time. So a lot less in the postseason compared to the regular season competitions getting tougher, harder to execute when you get down to the opposing team side, Cincinnati, they have a red zone defense, uh, defensive efficiency of about 56%. 
but it's gotten a lot better actually these past three games. I mean, 38 and a half percent. So opponents are only getting a touchdown in the red zone against them 38 and a half percent of the time. We know Kansas City thrived against it in the first half, but the second half was certainly a different story. And we saw what they were able to do and or especially limit Tennessee and Las Vegas. So uh, also something to consider. And we've talked about this in the past. A home and road splits defensively for Cincinnati is kind of astonishing. So their defensive red zone efficiency at home is 68 percent, which is not that good. But on the road, it's 48 percent. I don't know what it is, but it's just kind of funny to throw that out there and see how much better they've done away from home. So if you think that that defense will still step up on the road, if you think that the Rams offensive red zone efficiency still made slack from time to time, then you could see value in Matt Gay going over seven and a half kicking points at the price of minus 130. Again, he's only missed it in three games this entire season. Super Bowl's a different story, though, right? It's a different beast. So many different things are going on. Different chances are taken. The nerves are up. Pressure is at an all-time high. I'm not in love with Matt Gay going over his prop, despite him being so consistent with it, just for the fact that, you know what? The Rams do still have a very potent offense that maybe when they get in the red zone, even if it's a small amount of time, a large amount of time, I think they're going to do fairly well actually pushing in six and getting the job done. So I'm not in love with laying the minus 130 to going over for Matt Gay. I certainly wouldn't argue you against it, but I just think there are better outlooks for these kicking props in this category. And maybe it's the total successful field goals by the Rams in the entire game. Over one and a half is minus 134 under plus 108 at Bet Rivers. Now Matt Gay is averaging 1.6 field goals made on about 1.7 field goals attempted per game. Uh, he's only gone over for this mark, and I say only relatively to his kicking points prop is 17 out of 20. He's gone over this in 15 out of 20 games, but he has gone over it in all three postseason games. So which one do you put over the other? The Rams going to score enough touchdowns to give him extra points to get him over his kicking points of seven and a half, or do you think a lot of his contributions will be from field goals, something you got to ponder and differentiate the price and see which one's more worth it. Because if he's getting over seven in the hook, realistically at this stage in the game, you would assume it's because he's settling for field goals, not scoring a ton of touchdowns still could happen, but realistically not the case. How about in the first half? This is one that we talked a lot about last week and actually really liked it with the Bengals, which came through and we'll get to that momentarily. But as for Los Angeles, can they get one field goal in the first half of this game? If you think they can, the yes is minus 167. High price. The no is plus 134. No field goals were made in the first half versus Arizona. No field goals were made in the first half last week against San Francisco. But they did have two field goals made in the first half against Tampa Bay. I see this as a spot where... Since the Rams are the favorite, I think they're going to be winning this game. I would be more prone to actually looking at the plus money. Again, nothing that I'll do officially, but if I had to choose because of the prices and because of what the philosophy of Los Angeles might be, you're down in your opponent's red zone. Take advantage of that opportunity while you can. And if they're crossing the 50, I have decent enough faith that they're still going to pursue it and can have enough momentum to get Cincinnati backed up into their own goal line. I think they're going to take a little bit more risks at the beginning of this game to secure that lead. They're not great at playing from behind. They've struggled holding a lead. We have seen that. And let me rephrase. I mean, 
you know, Matt Stafford is a quarterback who's been solid playing from behind. They did that against San Francisco, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit better than Joe Burrow. It's a little bit of a difference between the quarterbacks, right? So I think if the Bengals did have the early lead, I think Burrow could do well enough to hold it as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. Nevertheless, for the Rams, successful field goals in the first half, it's a no play, but if anything, would actually look more toward the under. Now let's talk about the kid and the legend in the making himself, Evan McPherson, who's just been an absolute stud as a rookie, nonetheless, for the Cincinnati Bengals, his kicking points prop also listed at seven and a half. However, the over is minus 114 along with the under. So you're not laying as much to the over with Evan as you were with Matt Gay. But if you look at his average for McPherson in the Bengals, he's averaging 6.8 kicking points per game. He's gone over this mark of seven in the hook in 12 out of nine. 19 games, but more recently, the trend is he's gone over it the last five games in a row. Bengals have a red zone efficiency percentage of 55.6%, but just 36.4% the last three games. What does that mean? More field goal opportunities for one Evan McPherson. The Rams have a red zone defensive efficiency of 54%. Gotta say it though, even if you want to go McPherson over, the red zone defense from Los Angeles hasn't been great. It's at 80% the last three games. Again, I still think Evan McPherson is going to get ample opportunities in this game. But maybe you want to go in that route of total successful field goals by the Bengals. Over one and a half is minus 118. Now McPherson's gone over this mark in 12 out of 19 games as well. He's gone over this mark in the last seven. That's right. The last seven games has McPherson hit at least two field goals. And he's made four field goals in all three postseason games thus far. If you think that trend continues, take into consideration over one and a half successful field goals by the Bengals, minus 118 at Bat Rivers. But the play that I am making involving Cincinnati and Evan McPherson with his kicking points prop is total successful field goals by the Bengals in the first half over a half, meaning they just hit one at minus 143. We discussed this last week. It came through. It was a steep price. I think it was like minus 159. But the philosophy remains the same the way I'm approaching it. A team like Cincinnati that realistically has the better chance of trailing than Los Angeles does in my estimation, and that was our assumption going in to Kansas City as the underdog, and that's exactly what happened. But aside from that, whatever it is, if you're a team like Cincinnati, you realize the weaknesses you have offensively being your line. You know, you take advantage of the opportunities against a powerhouse offense like Los Angeles in the beginning stages of this game. And if that means settling for a field goal on a fourth and four, as opposed to the second half, when you would go for it, so be it. They know they can trust Evan McPherson. They've been so reliant on him and he's come through time after time, especially in this postseason. So in the first half, they're going to be more prone to settling for a field goal as opposed to the second half. So I have confidence that he will get over this mark once again, which we have seen him do in all three games in the postseason. Two in the first half versus the Raiders, three in the first half at Tennessee, and one in the first half against Kansas City. We're hoping for one at least once again for the Super Bowl, and I'm betting total successful field goals in the first half, over a half, minus 143, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's what I'm rolling with thus far. The other bets I wanted to make, we've talked about it a lot, but I did pull the trigger on Cooper Cup 6-1 to one, to win NFL MVP or Super Bowl MVP. Uh, we also did Aaron Donald took a little bit of a flyer at 18-1, to one, and then we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Lakers money line tonight, minus a buck 55 versus the Blazers. Best of luck with whatever you play. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. Until tomorrow, take care, folks. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.